Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, Lord, You Give the Great Commission. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord, and that's what we are doing on this podcast with our wonderful voices of Lars Olson and Zachary Brockhoff. This week, we're talking about, Lord, you give the Great Commission. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Mason. I would like to hear you sing this at that's some point. That's my plan. We're the, gonna talk, and he gets to sing. He gets to sing. Yep. At least hum behind us, right? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Yes, well, uh, this is the third Sunday uh, after Pentecost, and we are in Matthew 9 again, where Jesus is um, uh, sending out his calling his disciples and sending them out into the harvest. Um, tell us, uh, Zachary, about this hymn, Lord, You Give the Great Commission. When was it written, and what can you tell us about it? Sure. Well, um, uh, earlier when we were talking, you referred to it as a baby hymn, just being uh, <laughs> appearing in the 30s. Well, um, uh, it was written in uh, 1978, um, actually for the graduating class of Yale Divinity School that year. Um, and so it was first sung at their baccalaureate service and later published um, in 1980 uh, in a hymnal. So that's um, that was its beginning. And I think the history can um, give us some helpful context for um, how it might function with the gospel reading this weekend. Um, because as I was reading the the gospel text, you know, you get all the names of these apostles, and um, it all sounds very official, right? They probably all got name tags, and um, <laughs> right. I mean, they made it in the Bible. Um, and when you read that, you think it like it almost belongs in a movie. Um, uh, and and Jesus seems to give them tasks, casting out demons, and all sorts of things that um, usually, when new members join the church, we're not um, assigning them these same kinds of things. Right here away. is your mission. That's right. <laughs> if you choose to accept it, sort of business. And um, and um, so this hymn, I think, both probably for that that graduating class um, and and for people now in the pew today saying. This seems like something in Bible times, right? Um, and uh, what do we do with it now? Um, we're fond uh, at Luther House of talking about plagiarizing Christ, right? And going and simply doing what Christ has has uh, said. And in a way, that's what this passage is, is doing. But the hymn finally says, God's given you th- this this same work. So first, the, the hymn tells us that Christ gives the, uh, the authority to do this. He gives this great commission, heal the sick, preach the word. And um, if we still feel uh, sort of underqualified for, for such work, um, the stanza also reminds us um, it's the work of Christ and those called by the spirit into the church. 
So even even uh, betrayers and sinners such as Judas <laughs> are sent in this way. It's sort of a footnote in the in the passage. Mm-hmm. So um, as we as we sing it, it, it uses some language that um, is different than what we might sing in a in a Lutheran chorale because it's written in a different time and for a different audience. But it suggests um, that we w- witness with renewed integrity. Well, that can sound like all kinds of things, right? Get your best ideas ready for your council meetings at church, or um, uh, what are you going to come up with this week that you didn't come up with last week to to really get the get the word out? Um, but this hymn puts it in a completely different context. It says, "What's the purpose of the church? But that the word of of Jesus Christ might be given, and sinners, or the sick, in this case, it says." healed. Um, this is all, all I think the hymn is trying to convey when it says renewed integrity. It's, it's not a, a new mission, right? <laughs> well, it's not a, it's not a, um, a plan of, right. of, you know, bringing your best foot forward and right. saying, we're going to, we're going to be more intentional about being no. who we are now or something like right. this. It simply is saying, this is the, the ministry, um, the work of Christ and the spirit, yep. um, that, uh, has been that, the, that he has called and empowered the church with. So the remaining stanzas uh, get a little more specific. Um, the first, speaking specifically about baptism um, and teaching, which we heard a few weeks ago, uh, Trinity time, uh, Trinity uh, Sunday. And um, the hymn, this stanza, I think, reminds us that we're not doing these things just because Jesus said to do it. Um, or uh, like... Uh, some parents might say, right, go do this if you really love me. Um, this is not the spirit in which these things are offered. Um, nor are we doing it because the hymn tells us to do it, but because of the the words that accompany that second stanza, which which are um, that the world may trust your promise. The, the, the final goal of this is not um, <laughs> simply uh, these are your orders, go out and uh, dump water on everybody because Jesus said to do it, but because Christ actually has something to give. <laughs> and that is a promise. Um, uh, and so uh, the promise that stanza tells us, it gives abundant life. Um, and so we might, we might then, as, as good Lutherans, quibble with the, the last little part. Um, give us all new fervor, draw us closer in community. Um, but I think if you hear those words in the context of what that stanza says before uh, is key, that in baptism, um, we are, of course, joined to Christ, but then joined to, to, to one another in this faith um, and made members of the church. And, um, and so we're singing these words about community in light of this promise given to us. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. so so often we go off the rails because we think community is an end in itself. Right. Having having uh, uh, just togetherness is is the goal, sure. and uh, Christians are supposed to be together or to have a, a fervent heart or right. a fervent hope or a united mission, something united, like anything this, right? like this yeah. that is not tied to uh, what Christ to has Christ. promised us. Well, in that promise we are drawn into a different kind of community. Mm-hmm. There is a ferventness of life um, in the in the promise given in baptism, not just because we want to be more active, intentional, <laughs> sure. uh, and, 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 and integral people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, we get baptism in that stanza. Stanza three is, uh, of course, um, then dealing with, with uh, Holy Communion. And... Um, 
we mentioned already that the Judas is included, betrayers. So uh, this notion that we're going to the the lost sheep, as Jesus says. Now he's of course speaking lost sheep of Israel in this particular weekend's gospel text. But um, Christ's words then here are meant for those who betray him. Um, and uh, there's nothing more liberating than this um, in life. And so the prayer that accompanies Christ's words, that's sort of the pattern of this hymn, right? Christ's words and then sort of a prayer attached to it, um, that we're praying uh, others might know this freedom that Christ gives. Um, and then oddly, I think um, that it pivots because you run out of uh, sacraments, right? <laughs> so we have to go somewhere else in four and five. And in a way, you you pick up um, finally again, uh, Christ promised to be with us for all time. That's 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 a good one. Um, but strangely, this hymn places um, words of Christ uh, uh, on the cross in our in our mouths. Then in stanza four, Father, what they do, forgive. Um, that I think you could say is. Um, I don't know, you refer to it as certainly the office of the keys, half a sacrament, a whole sacrament, however you want to think <laughs> about this, but it's still in the same, right, same idea that Christians are sent into the world with nothing more than, uh, than the love of God in Christ, the forgiveness of sin uh, to give. And so there's, th- our prayer here is actually one of confession, right? Um, you give this to us, Christ, and what do we do with it but hoard it um, in, our, in our own way? keep it for ourselves. You give it freely and um, we find our own ways to, to um, split off into a million different denominations and um, find our ways to fight. Not that these things aren't important, uh, but um, we're creative in, in the ways we might do this. And so to be empowered then by God's spirit, the refrain that is repeated so often then is to be, to hear again, the promise that Christ gives you are forgiven. Yeah. I think that refrain is really actually key to this hymn. Um, as you're going through these things, you can so easily attach kind of what you what you imagine would be mm-hmm. the Spirit's work in the world. Sure, and it's almost like um, the refrain is 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 against uh, doing that, right? So um, you could imagine it's well, uh, I like going out and healing the sick and and uh, and being in community and let the Spirit empower yeah. me to do that, uh, rather than. Um, no, all of the work of Christ, not the, just the work that you like is what the spirit is about. And so that, that refrain is almost, in my view, is almost taking us away from our own ideas and hopes for this, but to hear with the spirit's gift and powers for the work of ministry so that we're doing the work that God has in mind in the world, not the work that we would choose for ourselves. Right. Which I think is also, um, that's how it can relate in a helpful way to the gospel text right. for the weekend, right? Where, where the spirit's gift, I mean, there are many gifts of the spirit, which, which are outlined in scripture and we give thanks for all of them. But in this hymn, we have in mind, I think exactly what you're saying. Um, the spirit's gift of, of Christ <laughs> to those lost and in need of a shepherd. <laughs> right. Right. And the gifts are always for ministry, not just to say, uh, I like it, or I have it, or I can do it, but it's for the work of ministry. Well, it's it's the work, of course, that's in the gospel reading. It's the reason um, our hymn writer wrote the hymn for those sent into ministry, and it would be then the reason that we would sing the hymn today. So exactly. it takes this this biblical Bible time story and says, no, right here, right now, it's for today. So... Um, yeah, it's it's a, a useful hymn uh, written for a specific occasion, but I think it, in this particular passage, it can be really helpful. I think really, I mean, 
you could have a, a, a nice sermon around the, the Spirit's work around this that would actually, this hymn could help with, uh, c- uh, help communicate that um, rather than just, but I wouldn't just leave it there for people to imagine what the Spirit's work is. Right. Because right. it could be could go really far off the rails on that one. Yeah, put some bumper guards up. Bumper guards. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice one, Mason. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, yeah, in terms of other hymns, potentially this week, um, uh, there's, of course, um, references to um, healing again in, in these passages and casting out demons. Um, ELW 8, 843, praise the one who breaks the darkness, not only mentions some of this work of Christ, uh, these sorts of things, but the final stanza is, is just uh, one of the uh, best because it gives the gospel so clearly. Um, and actually, then um, the response in singing is given. Um, Praise the one true love incarnate Christ who suffered in our place. Jesus died and rose for many that we may know God by grace. And then the second half of that, let us sing for joy and gladness, seeing what our God has done. Praise the one redeeming glory. Praise the one who makes us one. There, there, uh, there, there you have unity in, in actually being one, uh, a lost sinner <laughs> for whom Christ has come. And uh, you can sing that and understand then what it is to cast out uh, demons and all this sorts of thing in a helpful way. So that's one absolutely we should sing. The other one I can't uh, end this podcast without mentioning is... Um, ELW 799, and um, it'll be listed in other places, two other hymnals. Uh, Come follow me, the Savior spake, uh, sometimes to uh, other uh, titles as well. There's different translations, um, which will reference some of the challenges then that come uh, as as Christ uh, uh, calls us to follow uh, him. And... Um, and, and finally puts this in the context of the cross and Christ's word. So it's not a general follow me hymn, but very, very finely specific. So both of these are excellent options. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.